this is a super simple process that is yes uh, to be totally clear and, and we all agree a bit more invasive than anything we have right now aka nothing which is what we have right now and, and it's certainly <laughs> needed ladies and gentlemen welcome into episode number four of the bot lobby podcast i'm grandmaster goge one of your hosts today joined by the wonderful the only katie bedford katie how are you doing today i am so excited to jump into everything we've got going today I am wonderful, and I think one of my favorite things as we're in the infancy of this podcast is how excited I get for every episode to come around on these Wednesdays. So uh, we've got uh, our first episode of Double Guests, and Goch, I'm really excited. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, meaty discussion to be had. Yeah, before we jump into it, I've got to say really exciting news, especially if you're listening to it in this way. We have officially launched our audio platforms. We are live on Spotify. We're live on the Google Play Store. We're live in Android Store. We're on iTunes tunes we're all over the place everywhere you would like to find your podcast podbean i think is another one uh you can listen to it via audio version only which i know a lot of people were suggesting and requesting because they'd like to listen to it on their drive to work and things like that so feel free to listen to it on the audio platforms of course we do have a youtube channel where all of our vod based content will live and then we are live every single wednesday twitch.tv slash grandmaster Goge. but that's what we have right now that's the update we gotta jump straight into the action katie because we have a lot to get through today i want to start we had a couple events that have happened uh, between this last week or so that it's been since our last episode. And before we bring on our first guest, I know we wanted to very quickly talk about one of those events, specifically the event that you and I casted together, which was uh, the 15K Charlie Intel Customs event. Yeah, so uh, that event just recently happened, and uh, it was uh, Msage, Wiz, and Oki who came out on top in that trio. TBE took second place, and Breadman, Joe, and FIFA took third. Uh, unfortunately, within the event, there was a number of glitches that were occurring, whether it was the redeploy glitch on the zip line or crates, loadout crates falling into the ground, various things like that that were just causing some consternation for players. But within that as well, there were accusations um from tommy he was accusing a member of msage's team of potentially stream sniping allegedly uh wiz might have opened someone's stream um I, I think nothing ever really came of that um but it is another instance among many in these competitive warzone tournaments of accusations um at varying degrees of of uh, validity being levied against people and that's one of the reasons uh that we're having on some of the people we are today to kind of be able to talk about potential solutions for that exactly it's a it's a great lead into our first guest and although there are always issues in warzone tournaments and there will always be issues in esports events in general just because of the nature of online events and tech things that you can or can't do we are bringing on a very special guest that i want to intro and then we're going to bring him straight into the call to get started because while our title is very leading we're talking about a new anti-cheat protocol this is an anti-cheat protocol that is specifically built for warzone tournaments to help us clean up this and start taking away some of this gray area that we're having to deal with and really open up the stage. And the way I think about it is open up the stage for some of these up-and-coming players to prove that they are legit so they can continue to have some success or otherwise, of course. So we're going to bring on Foves FPS. If you don't know Foves, they are uh, going to explain a lot more about what they do. But Foves in particular started a company for PC optimizations to help you get all the FPS things that you need on Warzone to enable to succeed. But alongside that, they have done a lot of different things on the tech side behind the scenes 
including things like this new anti-cheat protocol that they're going to walk us through. So uh, welcome in, Foves. Let's drag him into the Discord call. It should be in here now. And let's swing over. Uh, I've got a picture up on screen. Uh, Foves, can you hear us? Make sure you unmute in both Discord as well as Twitter. We are super excited to have you on today. I appreciate you guys for having me. I can hear you guys loud and clear. Love that. I love yeah, that. Well, well, foes, first of all, I, I gave a little bit of intro, but I think you can only intro yourself the best. And I'd love to just give you a second to talk about before we get into the anti-cheat protocol that, that you and I have had lengthy discussions about. I'd love for you to kind of intro who you are and how you're kind of involved in the Call of Duty scene. I know a lot of people know you, but for those that don't, feel free to give a little intro. Yeah, 100%. Again, thank you, Goge and Katie, for having me. Uh, many know of me as Foves in the community, uh, the founder of Foves for Second. Uh, and for kind of those that don't know about us, um, like Goge was saying, we do uh, PC optimizations. Uh, I guess this phrase is kind of thrown around a lot, PC optimizations, which are kind of correlated with, you know, getting the most performance. Uh, and it's kind of thrown around a lot in the Warzone scene because it's like, I need to get my PC optimized so I can get the best performance for Warzone. Uh, but really what it is, is it's a service for uh, streamers, gamers, and content creators uh, to make sure that they're getting like a tailored tech setup for what their goals are, uh, and then kind of making sure that their system is, or setup is running optimally. Uh, sometimes this includes like consultations for making sure that you're getting the best PC parts to buy, uh, whether it's getting a better processor or graphics card. Uh, things, Services like overclocking, which a lot of the Warzone streamers and content creators kind of want because they want to get the most performance out of their game uh and then we also kind of help with things like uh single and du dual pc setups whether it's related with audio or obs and getting those oh, things audio. running optimally what well, was that scary. audio is very very scary <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> right. we need people like foes so i have a, a question for you foes sure. um so you started this as pc optimization and all of the things that come into that um what inspired or led you down the road to start working on something like an anti-cheat protocol how did how did that tie into starting with something like pc optimization yeah so well i come from a tech background my my day-to-day -day job i'm in the u.s air force and so one of the biggest things that i do for for uh, the air force or for the military is uh cybersecurity. and uh i i have a passion for uh the hacking world um in terms of whether it's either hacking systems or being the, de de the deterrent for it. And so with kind of being in the space of the Call of Duty scene and then also kind of having this tech background, um, and I, I just, I'm, I'm very close with a lot of the uh, content creators and streamers and quote unquote wager kids. A lot of them come and vent to me about, you know, they're like, oh, can you do this PC check? And oh, can you do this and that? And I'm like, yeah, we can. But, you know, now I wanted to kind of come up with something that's maybe more uh, we could solidify something that would be something that tournament organizers can use and tournaments could use so that uh, it's more streamlined and it's more robust. And uh, that's kind of how we came up with this Foves anti-cheat protocol. Amazing. Yeah, I, I know you and I have talked a lot off stream about how this could be utilized. And I want to give us some time to break down the actual process itself because there has been a lot of confusion and issues in the Warzone scene with hacking, of course, but also what can prevent hacking, what can't prevent hacking, and what are ways that we could 
hopefully clean up the scene at least to some degree and one of the things that you and i talked about was hey how do we start with the tournament organizers there are so many tournaments happening 1.5 plus million dollars in caldera since caldera has dropped and and what would it look like to start implementing a very simple process that these players can implement or the admins can implement for the players so that it, it, there's a less likelihood that these players are going to be cheating inside of it so what i'd love for you to do is just kind of walk through one what you actually do right like with this protocol what programs are you implementing currently that you have either built or that you are you know using that are third-party programs and how do they kind of operate together um, and if there's opportunities for us to jump in and ask some questions on those, uh, then we will. Yeah, for sure. So the anti-cheat protocol is just kind of a, it's a, it's, it's just a, a streamlined process of using uh, third-party applications. Uh, and these applications we've kind of tested, um, the two applications being Moss and Faceit. So a little bit of a background on both of them. Moss is a system logger. Uh, it's it was it's primarily been used in the Counter Strike and uh, or it used to be primarily used in the Counter Strike scene before uh, things like Face It came along and ESEA anti cheat. Um, and it's been a very popular anti cheat also in Rainbow Six Siege in in which uh, the ESL kind of implemented their own anti cheat and then also used Moss along with it as a mandatory tool for all their competitive matches. And so um, the MOS is the, the part where you're, it's a system logger and it captures all the running processes that are running on your PC at the time. Uh, it stands for uh, monitor system status and it's still being actively developed on by the creator and supports many titles. And the one cool thing about MOS, the biggest takeaway is that it generates an encrypted log file and MOS also has a built-in tool to kind of verify the integrity of said encrypted log files so to ensure that it's not been tampered with so got it and then the secondary tool that we would use along with that is uh face it which we all know about uh it's an actively and just a little background about it it's an actively maintained anti-cheat uh it's been used for csgo and a couple of other titles it's been around for a few years as well and it's also actively developed and updated by the face it team uh, and the the thing about face it is that overall it protects the overall PC by preventing cheats from being injected. And there are various ways of developing cheats and don't want to go too much into the the nitty gritty sure. about how cheats are developed, but essentially uh, one of the a big primary way of uh, that cheats are uh, uh, what's it called developed are their injectables. Uh, and face it is very good at deterring and uh, deterring injectable cheats, which are primarily how Warzone cheats are developed, which are cheats that need to be ran prior to Warzone being launched. And sure. so this kind of hybrid approach of using a system logger and a anti-injectable cheat. Um, uh, application is kind of the strength of the protocol like because there are multiple lines of defense uh so that a cheat would have to a cheat provider would kind of have to circumvent uh essentially multiple tools in order for it to work yeah and i want to stop you there because if, if if everybody in chat that are listening or the audio listeners are like katie and i you're probably like what in the world did he just say, right? If you're tech savvy, you're like, oh, this all makes sense. And I think this is a great process. So let's back it up a little bit. And let's talk about first these two applications. Now, I know you guys created something else to add on to this that we'll go into in a little bit. Let's back up to Moss for a second, right? And say, hey, what does it mean to have a systems logger or a process logger? And why would that be important 
for things like a Warzone tournament. Yeah, so to put it in layman's terms, essentially all it's doing is uh, kind of like it's replicating what people would do in terms of uh, people are like, oh, open up your task manager X competitor so that we can see if you have a cheat running. Well, essentially, this is just keeping track of all the running processes or running applications so that if somebody was to run a cheat application, we would be able to see the history of uh, running applications from the beginning of like, so essentially the protocol, the way we have it set up is that you would uh, essentially start your stream, run Moss, run Face It, and then launch your game. And we kind of outlined this with Ebates, who was a, uh, a competitor you guys actually just had on yeah. your last podcast. And we kind of, uh, we made a tweet and a video about it, uh, outlining the process. It's super easy, but yeah, essentially Moss is just kind of, uh, just it's it it creates like a log file or you could just think of it as just a text file that has a bunch of applications listed uh, that are running at the time of when you boot up your pc or you boot up your stream all the way till the end of like the tournament for example got it got it so it would track everything that you've opened since once you start moss it'll track everything you open from then on out and create a file that lets you look back and say hey this was the order that they opened these applications yes exactly Got so it. to me, you've mentioned the file is encrypted, right? And I'm going to talk about all of this in like um, the most simplistic terms possible. And I think that's very important to keep in mind because uh, some of these players might understand what we're talking about. A lot of them probably don't, nor do they care to understand. <laughs> so when it comes to something like uh, that encrypted file you're talking about, why is that important within this process? Yeah, so because if you know it, it we want to make sure well moss kind of did a great job or the developers at moss did a great job in doing that because uh they have their so moss the way that they kind of do it is they have their own process of um being able to vet if somebody uh, was cheating or not so you would go into their forums uh moss the moss developers have a forum where you would act, tournament organizers would submit like the file and um and they can essentially uh get it reviewed and that's that leads into the the thing we we're going to talk about later which is kind of like our script tool that we kind of created to help uh create a review of that log file but it's important for it it's essentially be encrypted because we want to make sure nobody tampers with you know the history of like when they're opening the files or anything like that sure that makes a lot of sense. So, okay, so Moss, it tracks everything that you open it in what order you open it. And then let's talk about Face It for a moment. Now, some of this will have to kind of just say, hey, this is what we think is going on with Face It or allegedly or what have you, because uh, we know, folks, you and I even talked about this. The big uh, question mark around Face It is whether or not it, quote unquote, works for Warzone. There's a very simple answer to whether or not it does. They did post a, a very specific, uh, tangible picture of, of a graphic that says, hey this does not cover warzone we do have not built face it for warzone uh but i, I want to have a moment here to talk about face it what it actually does you said it prevents injection of cheats can you walk through maybe not like super specifically but walk through why it actually would work for warzone at least with the way we are using it yeah so we believe that face it works because we've actually tested the way that the 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 anti-cheat provider face it kind of works or the application or its core engine works is that essentially it just protects the pc from what we refer to as cheat injection 
Uh, it's a kernel level driver to get a little bit technical, uh, kind of like um, Riot's anti-cheat as well, uh, uh, which is Vanguard for uh, Valorant. Um, and essentially, that at the it runs at the pretty much at the startup of your PC. So any application that it detects, it will prevent it from uh, so long as it's uh, launched prior to uh, Warzone, it will essentially uh, stop it from um, actually attaching to Warzone, uh, which is how a majority of the cheats uh, or the public cheats kind of work. Now, this is mostly in regards to uh, from our testing, we tested about four or five of the biggest uh, public cheat providers and it complete and there are videos out there as well testing this as well and it actually face it does stop it on uh, but then we needed a second way to be able to make sure that we're tracking that players are actually not or competitors are not launching the cheat after warzone is launched sure yeah so so the big piece about face it is like yes it does cover multiple game titles because its entire concept is not tied to a game specifically it's more so tied to the around around the idea of not letting a cheat inject period right correct got it that is correct got it okay and then the big piece about face it is making sure you boot it up in the correct order uh yes. of, of before the game starts so that it actually covers the game in question and the way we track that is not taking people for their word or what we see on the stream instead you utilize moss to make sure face it is opened in order of the way you want it right you hit the nail on the head or the coffin or whatever yes love it okay it. so so this is how we've, we've got the first process which is hey we've got moss to cover our basis of when face it is actually launched so that it's done correctly and actually prevents cheating so so take us through this third part and i know katie this is something you and i talked a ton about about hey this is super crucial um at the end of what they've created to make tournament organizers job easier because uh, one of the big question marks around this is when they do submit players do submit their files number one how easy that is we'll get to that in a second but number two can we even read that file and recognize if things were done correctly so talk about what you guys actually created to help with this process yeah that's a that's a great question so as katie mentioned you know like more so about that log file and you know the encryption and um and to answer your question about you know it's not it's not exactly super readable nor do we want turn tournament organ tournament organizers already have enough on their plate mm -hmm. so what we did was created what we call our foves tournament analysis tool or script and essentially this tool or script kind of takes the moss log file and all it's doing is it's verifying specific criteria that we cannot obviously publicize uh, mm -hmm. to one, verify the integrity of, of the file and that to essentially make sure that no suspicious processes were or processes were not run on the PC during the tournament. Uh, you could, it's not the job of necessarily the tournament organizer to have to go through the file and look at a bunch of hex values and things like, and process values and make a determination from that. We kind of just say, hey, we're creating kind of like a summary or report for the tournament organizer. Uh, I guess like an example or something that would be analogous would be like, we could just spit out a percentage chance that a person is cheating and the data to back it up like we would say it would just show like show a little report that says 60 percent sus and you know and it would have like the executables or applications that were running to kind of back that up sure. uh, we would actively maintain that script and we would continue to update it based on our own testing and in collaboration with tournament organizers and um again it's just another 
the the biggest thing to take away from all this is just that it's just another point of uh data or point of reference for tournament organizers to use because at the moment they just don't have anything besides looking at vods um and i think that tournament organizers still need to do a whole holistic review of it they need to go in the vod they need to review it with other people they need to look at like you know slow it down the same way but they also now will have something else to go off of rather than just having a bunch of right. players go into their task manager and look at so what I'm understanding from this seems to be that, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is less of a uh, relatively instant way for a TO to determine a cheating allegation, but more so a an additional piece of the puzzle in kind of like that long form so for example we can we can bring up someone like shifty right so if you get to the end of a tournament um is this something that a to can turn around and use in the moment to make a determination or is it more something that is going to have to be determined in the days after something after a tournament happens ideally from the way that we've kind of developed this we would uh, we would hope that we can accomplish it so that uh we can we can accomplish it so that it it actually will be there as like an instant report. Okay. Um, but for the most part, this is something not necessarily would take days of looking at, but it would be more so something post tournament to look at. Sure. Okay. And then really quickly as well, Goja, I think you might have a question, but uh, if you could, so um, do you have um, the kind of step by step of what implementation would look like? on say a mock tournament from start to finish if you will for these players so if a tournament was implementing this for the first time um what, what are kind of those steps for players how would everything flow within a tournament yeah so we actually were looking forward to working with like uh twitter tournament organizers like winterellas and uh miss know-it-all and um Papa Hex, uh, these are guys that we've, uh, are people that we've kind of spoken with and trying to implement it. But essentially for, I guess we could break it up. It's kind of like a two full question. So for participants, so prior to the tournament, all the participants would essentially get like a Google Drive link uh, with the latest version of Faceit and Moz, which would be uh, like just zipped up in a file that you would just uh, put on your, essentially install on your PC. You would start your stream, run Moz, run Faceit, and then the game. It's it's something that takes about one to two minutes to do in its entirety. And we ha like, uh, like I said, we had uh, created a video with Ebates detailing the instructions. Um, and then essentially, if these instructions aren't followed, then essentially it's just another red flag for a tournament organizer um, to utilize. And then for tournament organizers, all they really need to do is send out a Google Drive link to all the uh, and the instructions to all the participants. And they also need to share a form link where the players will actually submit their MOS log files. Mm -hmm. um, and essentially the MOS log files can be uh, submitted whenever the tournament organizer requests it. Because the way that MOS works is that you can actually you know, stop the execution of Moss, and then it'll create the uh, generate. It'll generate the log file, and then you can push it right then and there per the request of a tournament organizer. So it doesn't necessarily have to wait all the way till the end of the tournament. And then uh, tournament organizer will reach out to the FOS team, and then we'll run out the script and generate the results, which is submitted to the tournament organizer for final review. Got it. So the the big piece of this concept too that I, I want to kind of like back up on and, and harp on is that. 
this is a super simple process that is yes uh, to be totally clear and, and we all agree a bit more invasive than anything we have right now aka nothing which is what we have right now and, and it's certainly <laughs> needed right like we talk about this all the time in twitter tournaments etc people's careers being demolished because of uh you know certain accusations etc and so hey what are ways that we can all come together as a tournament community and say hey activision is still continuing to put a lot of money into this tournament scene let's all try to do this in a fair and competitive <laughs> manner and so uh, when we talk about the process and how easy it is for players we can also mention you said the analysis report will spit out a uh a report saying hey there's like 60 percent sus or whatever you want to say with that report the big piece of that based on what you and i had talked about folks was when that percentage comes in that will then dictate whether or not we need to do a deeper dive and a deeper check into that player correct correct yes okay. yeah this is just a, a very uh it's just like i said it's just a kind of before it's just kind of a a general um it, it essentially it's not supposed to be something that will 100 percent determine whether or not they are cheating or not uh, because at the end of the day uh it uh, no anti-cheat is perfect and this is just another reference point for a tournament organizer sure. to be able to say okay look they're running something in the background that we need to look do a deeper dive on yeah sure. they, but just to clarify so if you're saying they are running something and we need to do a deeper dive does the log file not say what that thing is yes it will it will okay so, so if I, I guess i'm sorry go ahead oh i was just giving an example like if they are running like for example a big one that's thrown out is like engine owning.exe it will display <laughs> that so sure well, it'll okay. flag the sus files <laughs> Yes. Right, because I guess my my question of that was was within it, it, kind of in those moment situations where, say, a team is disputing a win and accusing someone. Um, is it going to be possible for someone like Mazita, for example, to be able to look at that and within that file, if there was something running per se, like say they see that name and they know there's a cheat running, okay, boom, like this is open and shut. Because one of the issues right now, as we said, is we don't really have um, a system for competitive warzone at all in terms of of cheating it a lot of it's hearsay a lot of it's clips that could be sus but maybe can be explained away so in a situation like this um i think a lot of people are looking for something that you can say this is this can provide more of a nail in the coffin in situations or be like no there was nothing running this person's fine can can it do that yes it can it, it can definitely be the nail in the coffin uh, but again, like at the end of the day, our our goal here at, you know, with the team and at Foes for Second is to build something that just kind of gives more insight to the tournament organizer to make okay. the best judgment call, whether they see engine owning and, you know, the the competitor comes back and says that, oh, I just renamed a file to that. And, you know, and the tournament organizer says, OK, well, this guy's obviously the the claim just doesn't make sense then hmm. you know they can deem them a cheater or not or them using a, a cheat application is up to the tournament organizer we're just providing sure. more support or more insight for the tournament organizer to make that final decision and the other thing that you had talked about is is running face it along the way this is not just a process logger it is a process logger to determine whether or not face it was run correctly which does prevent cheat injections so it's a multi-step process that covers a lot more basis than we currently have i, I really yes. really like this idea and you mentioned how easy it was for players based on all of our conversations it's as simple as download 
immediately hit the go button the start button that's all you have to do do it in the correct order at the end you hit end and it'll spit out the file and you just drag that into like a google form drop or into the right. discord boom you're done it, it's super simple and, and katie and i were laughing about this before we got started today i'm like players sometimes have a hard time even reading rules so adding any... extremely lazy let's just be <laughs> sure lazy. sure so adding anything into the mix is always going to be difficult um yeah. but with how easy this is once tournament organizers start getting used to running this and players start getting used to running it, it it becomes an extremely simple process that is that is second nature um and i think the only big concerns would be making sure the tournament organizers are on the same page with you guys folks because what we don't want to happen right would be a tournament organizer getting that that data back that that log file back the analysis tool spit out and says hey there's a 50 percent chance this person is cheating or this person is sus and the tournament organizer jumping the gun and saying you're out you're gone you're 100 percent sus they this report says there's there's too much percentage chance uh, and and go ahead go ahead and throws them out to the dogs if you will on twitter um so what what do you think the best course of action would be when you're working with the tournament organizers to actually start making decisions yeah so in 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 those kind of situations again um we we would say that again they need to be as holistic as possible not to just not to only use this uh they should also be doing whatever they've been kind of doing up until this point whether it be a, a vod review or you know conducting um other you know whether they go on the pc and actually look at things um i i do think that tournament organizers do need to still uh, be a little bit more holistic than just you know getting the results and just making a determination based off of that sure. uh, because that at the end of the day i think it's just another like i said it's just another point of uh reference for a tournament organizer it makes a lot of sense that makes sense uh, i mean nothing is is going to be perfect but uh it definitely seems like something that could be deeply helpful here and uh, if you're going to implement something like this everyone has to use it in these tournaments it can't be cherry-picked i don't care who you are if exactly. you're if you're a scumming you have to be using it alongside in unrational and a huskers and whoever else from the top down in these tournaments uh but uh, folks what in your eyes are so, so you have this product right? moss face it what are the barriers to entry right now if you will for um those next steps to actually getting something like this implemented with tos uh, the player just the player's willingness to download it and not think that they lose aim assist i guess in terms of the tos have you had pushback have you reached out to tos at all about trying to do this i have yeah and almost all of them are like yeah let's do it it's just i it just more so i think it's just uh from a logistical perspective it it seems like it's a lot to them but in all honesty it's two links and a download that everybody has to kind of do so it, it's it's very minimal barrier to entry the you just have to make sure that i guess the the biggest thing is that when said streamer is actually running this that they actually show it on stream that they're running and that would be the the biggest barrier to entry um and just making sure that they're running it in the right steps as you kind of mentioned katie like even just getting a people to kind of read the rules and make sure that they're not using knives or whatever a car 98 or whatever and in a tournament making sure that they're abiding by those rules sometimes uh they slip up slip up on so i can see um i can foresee some things like that coming up where you know they run face it first and then moss it second and then they or they launch they launch their game first but 
I mean, we can we can we can only do our part and just be as clear and as explicit as possible. And if those aren't being run or if they're not being, you know, if people don't abide by that, well, then it only would raise a red flag because we can we would be as clear as possible with that. Sure. So. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. You, you've done a great job explaining it. If you guys are listening at home, Twitter, Twitch, or audio, otherwise, feel free to send us questions uh, on Twitter. Um, we will f feel free to answer those. I know Foves and I have talked a ton about, hey, how do we start implementing this? We want to mm -hmm. start with tournament organizers. We want to start with the Twitter tournaments in particular in the grassroots scene because that's really where most of these players get their start. I mean, I I'll even use an example of Oki, who, who wasn't old enough to start playing in some of the larger events really grinded through the Twitter tournaments, made a name for himself, and now that he's old enough, is starting to tear up the big scene. And it will be helpful for all of these players that are trying to prove that they are legit uh, to have something like this in place. Even if it's not a 100% certainty this will fix everything, this is much more data that we'll be able uh, to give to tournament organizers to make informed decisions rather than conjecture based off of clips or based off of information or just hoping that these people make a mistake and pull up, you know, uh, cheats on their stream, <laughs> uh, which has happened multiple times. So, um, right. folks, this is all fantastic. Super excited to talk more about this with you later create more content around it because i know one of the big things we want to do is make sure everyone's informed with exactly um how this can work and why it is uh, effective um while also um convincing the public that it doesn't actually take away aim assist because it doesn't touch the game at all <laughs> but um, no, 100%. is there is there anything else you wanted to kind of like finish with before we close out this portion of uh, a portion of the discussion I mean, yeah, I, I guess pretty much everything you guys said. I and again, I appreciate your your guys's uh, give me the opportunity, uh, Katie and Goj, for uh, letting me talk about this. Uh, pretty much at the end of the day, you know, like I said before, anti there's no anti cheat is perfect, and kind of like highlighting at what you said, Goj. Um, every game is kind of like striving to have a better cheat deterrent than kind of what they had before. A lot of people kind of slam ricochet, but I think we've kind of forgotten the number of cheaters we had in verdansk and how dramatically less we see cheaters oh, relatively in color every game what well. was that every map and every game to your point it, back in verdansk was uh, oh yeah an endless barrage of cheaters and i think people need to keep in mind right that when it comes to something like cheating in video games people are always going to be innovating and finding ways to get around the countermeasures ricochet has done a a lot to help yep. but uh, i i guess uh, just one question on my end before before we let you go um sure so uh, to uh, on that same vein um we would want to avoid people looking at this as the perfect solution and then blaming it or discarding it if it isn't that for them so to be totally clear with people what what doesn't this solve uh, when it comes to being implemented into these tournaments yeah i think just the best way to sum that up is this isn't again a hundred percent solution this is just the beginning to an implementation of trying or an implementation for tournament organizers to have another source of data um versus what's kind of already being done so again kind of like reiterating the you know like pc checks and you know task manager checks and things like that this is another way rather than having to 
go into people's emails and look if they've ordered a cheap provider and uh, seeing if they're a certain process that, you know, X person does or a tournament organizer doesn't really understand in their task manager. This just provides another piece of data for somebody to to be able to determine whether or not um, they are probably cheating or not. This isn't, again, a 100% solution because at the end of the day, the to be quite frank, the only 100% solution would be more, a more robust ricochet at the end of the day. Um, it has to come from the actual developers. Uh, similarly, with, with whether it's Counter-Strike, Valorant, that's really the only way that you can actually get something going for that. Sure makes a ton of sense um thank you so much for coming on i'm excited about implementation of this into the twitter space and the twitter attorneys i'm extremely excited about working with those organizers to make this happen again nothing is ever 100 especially when human error is always going to be involved however uh, this is a massive start and something that we uh, you know as a team foves team can improve on into the future as well the more it's utilized so excited to play test that in, in foves thank you so much for hopping on and explaining uh all of this to to everyone at home yes sir i again i appreciate the opportunity and yeah i appreciate the community support um and uh goes the individual you were you you've been talking on my behalf and then also my brother's behalf who's yep. a, the lead developer on this so again big shout out to him for uh getting this started and and the team as well so absolutely excited wow. to work uh, more with you guys in the future yes sir you guys take it easy all righty no, and Goj, I think uh, everything from Fove there is is really uh, excellent. And I mean, something within that that's interesting to note for me is I, I we have all this frustration around cheating with Call of Duty right now. And a lot of people are like, well, Valorant has a decent yeah, handle right, on it. And right. CSGO has a decent handle on it. So why don't we? It's because we haven't always been on PC. COD on PC is a very new thing. So COD was not and maybe we should have had the foresight but <laughs> i mean something like that's not necessarily realistic I, cod moving on to pc i just don't think anyone was prepared for the sheer volume and deluge of cheating that was going to hit it just by virtue of not being on consoles anymore so i, I think whether it's ricochet in call of duty whether it's what foves is doing um when it comes to uh, having moss and having having face it these are we're in the the most painful point right now yeah right. Uh, and i think once we get a handle on things once we implement things like this once things like this become routine we're going to be in a much better place it's never going to be a perfect place but it's certainly going to be a lot healthier no i couldn't agree more excited to have foves in here and uh, we'll talk a lot more with foves later i know we have a couple content segments we really want to do to explain uh, with mm -hmm. tournament organizers exactly how it's going to work test it out in certain tournaments i know there's already tournament organizers talking with foves to make sure that actually will start existing in their events um because i think it will start to help clean up our scene but speaking of cleaning up our scene we have another exciting guest to jump straight into with so don't go anywhere um we're gonna be talking a lot about uh some similar type concepts but more so just tournaments in a general sense because uh katie our uh, guest here today that we're about to invite into the twitter space as well into the discord is the one and only mazita who has been the boom tv uh admin for all of their major tournaments for 
a, a long while now and uh -huh. uh, is someone that is loved in the community for the most part and then sometimes hated because he has to make really hard decisions based on information that he has. And so uh, excited to have a, a chance for Mazita to kind of speak about his experience in the admin and the tournament scene. But even more so than that, just talk about, hey, what does it even take to get an invite to some of these massive tournaments that, that Boom is a part of? And Mazita officially in. Let's go down to this Hello. page. There he is. Beautiful voice, Mazita. Hello. In the, Hello. Hello. In the Twitter space as well. He's got the camera yes, on. There he is, Matt. Hello. 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 I this I gotta say, Mazita, this might be the first time a lot of people have seen you on camera, and I just gotta let you know you're 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 one handsome fella. Well, thank you, Coach. <laughs> uh, it's definitely uh, not something I do all the time, but happy to be here and uh, support the bot lobby. This is the face of a man who gets bitched at by everyone, <laughs> all the time for everything. It's it is what it is. I mean, there's there's a devil, I guess, in you know everybody's corner apparently. So uh, I'm happy to take on that role. I love that. Well, hey, I need everybody in the Twitter space to show some love to Mazita. Throw some hearts in the chat. If you're in the Twitch chat as well, throw some hearts because we are excited to have Mazita on. We've been trying to have Mazita on for the last couple of weeks, and I know you were out of town. A, a lot to talk about, a lot to break down. Before we get anywhere, um, I'd love for you to kind of just intro uh, how long you've been working with Boom from like the admin side and kind of this role that you actually have for people that don't know you outside of the tournament scene that are maybe listening uh, from their cars on their way to work. All right. Uh, so my name is Mazita, obviously online. I've been a tourney admin now with Boom since early 2021. I believe January was kind of when I signed on with Boom full time. Prior to that, I worked with a brand known as Apex.Pro, um, thanks to a good friend of mine, Chris. Chris Allen, hello, thank you. Um, kind of gave me my, I guess, my big start here in esports. It's what transitioned me to Boom. Uh -huh. um, and while I did want to keep everything Apex Legends-centric, when I was coming into esports, uh, Warzone just kind of was on the up and coming, uh, especially with Verdance yeah, and, you know, Kill Race is coming out. So it just kind of introduced me to the Warzone community. Um, everybody for the most part in Warzone has been really supportive, um, you know, really understanding of obviously the tough day-to-day -day decisions that we have to make, but, uh, it's been a blast so far and I cannot wait to keep things rolling. Love that. So Gojo, I wonder, do we want to kind of start some of this off with what we just heard from, from Foves while it's sure. fresh in our mind? Yeah, we can, um, we can talk about that. Yeah, great. So, uh, Mazita, you're, you're here. Um, I, I believe you were listening through uh, kind of what we were talking with uh, foes about. It's a question we saw in chat, guys, and we highly encourage you to ask these questions while we have uh, these people on with us, um, was, was, are there any legal or like questionable things about uh, say if booms enforce this like you must be using this protocol is there anything on that end that's that's a problem there for you guys it would be a pretty lengthy internal discussion um i think especially being you know a new up-and-coming software obviously i would want our developers to even you know dive into the code if you will and really take a look at things from our end before it kind of transitioned into becoming mandatory for players 
Yeah, absolutely makes sense. And uh, and I know one thing that that you and I talked about a little bit before we got started today, Mazito, was the good news about protocols like this is that it can be implemented into the grassroots scene, and that can inform uh, the way that you guys start looking at tournament invites right. and things like that, right? Because we've yes. had issues in the past with people that were alleged hackers and the people that were actually hackers sneaking their way into tournaments and getting caught or otherwise. And so let's let's kind of talk about that process about tournament invites because I know. This is something that players always <laughs> ask you. I mean, I know. Look, my DMs are swamped. Like my DMs are swamped. As a caster, your DMs must look like chaos. So, could you just, from a general stance, kind of walk through the tournament invite process, and then maybe we, Katie and I, can start asking some particulars about that. Sure. Um, so, one of the big things, just kind of to mention for everybody that's you know looking for invites, when let's say boom is going to fund a $25,000 warzone tournament in two weeks. We put out the announcement. Everybody starts commenting. We get 200 comments that are, let me know, invite me, bro. And then we get DMS that are the same things mm -hmm. that does not help you stand out as a player. When you're doing the same thing that everybody else is doing, you're, you're lost. You're not going to be seen in the comments. You're not gonna be seen in the DMS. If you're putting out a TikTok, are you putting out a TikTok that's the same as the person you kind of got an idea from? Are you copying another creator? No, you're doing your own original content. Um, we've had a gentleman, I believe he was Jay Hayes, um, and this is all the mm -hmm. way back in a November event. And he he really stood out to us and he earned himself an invite because he did something that nobody else was doing. He made a goofy little video of him brushing his teeth, asking for an invite and explaining why he deserved that invite. And while we laughed about it internally for probably the better part of a month to two months, it still sticks in my head rent free because he did something different. So you're now, saying there's... that complaining on Twitter is not the way to get <laughs> complaining on Twitter, begging that you're not getting invites, saying you deserve invites is the best way to not get invites. Okay. Yeah. I like it. I like it. So be, because really it, less than even just annoying you, it's more so it all just falls within the overall din of a hundred thousand people saying all the same things, right? Exactly. It's it gets really repetitive. Um, no one's really putting in the effort to make themselves stand out on a, an announcement post begging for an invite. But you're putting all this work into a YouTube video that's 17 seconds long. Take that same effort or even 50% of the effort and put that into share a video under the announcement. Why do you deserve a shot instead of 199 other people? I love that. And, and I wanted to, to go down this train even further because we all know everybody at home, if you don't know this, you haven't watched a lot of tournaments, is that alongside this idea of running a large event, especially like a $25,000 event, um, you know, there is an expectation that most of our large streamers will participate, right? And so yes. when we start talking about the delineation between small streamers versus large streamers getting invite, clouded versus non-clouded players getting invite, it's very clear based on what you just said that the people that can actually put an effort and create content have a better chance at getting an invite. But what does it look like in that delineation if you can provide some of that background info of, hey, we need to invite X amount of big players. Do we have this amount of uh, small players? Is it kind of case by case, like that type of conversation? Every event is different. Um, I mean, to be totally transparent, everything's different from start to finish every single time. Uh, I never build the same document, the same plan uh, twice when we're working on an event. It's never the same invite list. At least it never starts off as the same invite list. 
there's always uh, at the end of the day a different end goal. You know, esports is a business. Hosting tournaments is a business. We're putting eyes onto different titles, no matter what game we're working on at that time. So we do have to include some of the larger streamers. We do want to include some of the tier two, the tier three, and we do want to give a chance to some of those players that are up and coming. Uh, there's there's so many underrated demons out there in Warzone to say, let's put all of them into a tournament just doesn't make physical business sense. Yeah. Uh, but when we're including, you know, the Huskers and the Aidens, the Swags, the Tommies, the Booyahs, et cetera, and then we're giving them a chance to play against these tier, you know, tier three, tier four players, that's when we can start to create opportunities. So it's never going to be a perfect balance, at least in the player's eyes, of the biggest talent and the up-and-comers um, I mean, the last thing we want to do is, you know, take a shot on one of these up and comers and it turns out that, you know, they're injecting hacks and they did not use Fove's approved process. <laughs> sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, has that has that made what you just said? Has that made you guys a little um, a little shy about perhaps taking on those risks of new players? I can't say yes and I can't say no. Mm -hmm. um, one of the nice things about what we do here at Boom is we offer the Proving Ground scrims, you know, through Warzone. Um, and it's a great way to put name, put your name not only in front of us here at Boom, but in front of other competitors like yourself. A uh, great name that comes to mind, Pants Gnome, great guy. He has showed up for probably every single scrim that I've hosted since I started him. Uh, he shows up, he frags out, he has a blast. He's earned himself a couple invites to some of the larger events that we've hosted um, just off of his ability to read the rules, show up, participate, and create some content around those events. I yeah. love that the first thing you said was read the rules. <laughs> it's, uh, I saw it earlier in chat, it is 98% of my day. Yeah, I uh, I can only imagine. I, I think that's a, that's a great kind of transition point to when we start talking about invites, we start talking about players, and we start talking about, you know, the players that you'd like to invite back. I mean, who, the ideal player is somebody that reads the rules, but break us down from the admin side, the types of players that you really enjoy working with, not names, but like the type of people. What do they do right that other people can kind of emulate? They follow the rules, number one. Um, they have mods that help, you know, if it is a score reporting situation, they're reporting scores very quickly. Um, I know you said no names. Tay is a mod for 5x5 for Holly, uh, probably mm -hmm. one of the best mods out there in Warzone. She titles all the clips correctly, so we barely have to double-check scoring. And something like that alone can literally put you into our, you know, our favorite players, if you will, uh, quote-unquote. But it's it comes down to just being able to read the rules. You're showing up on time. You know, if I send you a Discord invite three weeks before an event and you don't join it until an hour after the tournament started, uh, you've kind of weaseled your way out of my my favorite. Sure, makes a lot of sense. And it's not just like a personal bias. It's more so how do we run our business effectively and, and create yes. a good competitive environment to where people will want to come back and continue to participate in our tournaments, right? Like that's, it, exactly. all, it all goes into the business decision more so than just, oh, you pissed Mazita off one time. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, and it's, it's nothing to do like that. Um, I mean, I've gone toe-to-toe -to -toe with some of the names in the Warzone community. Uh, you know, we've kind of screamed at each other a little bit and gotten in each other's face. But at the end of the day, it's just the day of jitters. And, you know, I'm not going to not invite somebody to an event because me and them had a contest of, you know, who's right, who's wrong. Yeah. It's who can read the rules, who can show up on time, who's not causing a lot of drama, who's, you know, I we obviously nobody likes drama in the scene. There's always going to be drama in the scene. So let's avoid it as best as possible um, and go from there. So how has your 
handling of these interactions, like some of the ones that you've just uh, uh, mentioned, how has that evolved uh, as time has gone on in terms of uh, kind of if players are being difficult or anything like that? How has how your kind of like um, um, action points evolved? Uh, I can't I can't really speak on how they've evolved, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. Myself as a person, I've just become a little bit more patient. You know, I've tried to be understanding. I do play Warzone, um, you know, when I can. So I try and, you know, sympathize with any of the issues that do or may come up. Um, and we just kind of go from there. Everything's different. Every case is different. Every potential cheater in a 2v2 is different. Every potential hacker in a customs is different. So you handle everything case by case. And I come from a background in sales where you sympathize, you know, you listen, you sympathize, and then you come up with a solution. And that very easily transitions over to Warzone and to the events that we're running. Hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And I, and I think this is enlightening for a lot of people that don't maybe haven't ever thought from your perspective how things go, because a lot of our players, there's so many different tournaments to choose from. They kind of just log in, play their event, and then, you know, go on their merry way. And if something is slightly different or uh, not the way they like it, oftentimes they just shift blame to boom or shift blame to you and then move on. When you start thinking from the admin perspective, it really does open your eyes a little bit of why, you know, boom is doing the things we're doing, which is why we're able to do this interview and excited to mm -hmm. continue to to walk through this and i think one of the big question marks has been the hacking question i want to spend just a little bit more time on this um because i know you are so directly involved in all of these discussions when you are working with players on hacking allegations whether in the tournament itself or even just like is this person a hacker in a 2v2 um what are some of the things that you kind of take in um, to make those decisions from conversations with the pros that you're working with, as well as what you've seen in the way you guys determine whether somebody is hacking or not? Uh, one thing that we definitely take into consideration, at least uh, I can't say we, um, I will say one thing I take into consideration is, is this a person who is always making claims? Um, is this a person who every time they die to uh, Timmy Two Thumbs, who got his first kill ever on Warzone, um, you know, is, is he a hacker all of a sudden? Mm -hmm. um, but there's so many different things to take into account. You know, like I said earlier, everything is kind of case by case. There's no real, there's no perfect way to do it. There's no right. set way to do it. Um, I know that, you know, us three have had conversations on the side about, you know, what goes into this and kind of what comes out of it on the player side, but there's, there's no real perfect answer. Uh, it's just, again, it's, it's kind of case by case. Um, sure. but depending on the player, depending on the proof they provide, you know, if it's a definitive clip, Right, we can shake it off and you know do a reset, but uh, everything's different every single day. Makes so something we just saw in chat, I know Goj just tagged it as well. Um, uh, Voltrace has a question about scrims. How often are those scrims ran? When are they ran? How can you find out more about them? So I host scrims on Monday nights and they start at 7 p.m. Eastern. Normally I do them one to two times a month. I do run them in my free time once I'm done with my daily things here at boom um so it's not a perfect schedule but you can find any information you want on them if you go to boom.tv uh if you see any scrims lined up there in the featured events then you are free to sign up uh i do ask that you just follow the rules love that so, there, are no scrims, there are no scrims planned right now um so there's okay. not going to be any right on the home page just so anybody going there's knows okay great so uh, i guess from taking a step back to just your your 
life in general around boom and and what you're doing at a to because again a lot of people they they have no concept of the nuances behind the scenes so um are there any things that you've noticed consistently people seem to not understand about being a to and organizing and executing on these events i think one thing a lot of people don't understand is how much time passion and hours we put into planning an event um, you know, there have been numerous events where we're a hundred hours deep, you know, we've been doing this, we've been doing that, going back and forth with our assets team and marketing and social media. And then one little thing doesn't go their way. And the first thing they do is take to Twitter and they bitch out the admins, they bitch out the tournament platform, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, it's, it's not that simple. Uh, there are so many things you can plan for, but there are so many things you can just not account for. Um, so I think, a a better understanding of what really goes into, you know, planning an event and kind of everybody involved behind the scenes. I mean, it's not just me, you know, we have a marketing mm -hmm. team, we've got a social media or we've got marketing, we've got assets, we've got approvals we have to go through um, just internally. And it's, it's a long process. So it's, it's very frustrating after spending, you know, all this time, all this effort, you know, booking casters, yourself included, and then to have somebody go out on Twitter and just kind of bash the event is, uh, it's never a fun thing to see, but you know, you just mm -hmm. kind of shrug it off and try to move on. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you guys have to deal with a, a lot of negativity, a lot of positivity, hopefully as well, but a lot of negativity from the, um, from players side, because again, it is that idea of like, Hey, we played in this event. Now we're going to focus on this event. Um, that's 24 hours from now. And, and you guys have been working on this event for potentially uh, you know several months at this point depending on the size of the event and so oftentimes mm -hmm. that can get lost on players but it's a great point to make too L let's talk a little bit about uh i know you can't leak plans for the future however mm -hmm. one of the big things that has been circulating the scene currently is this idea around lands katie and i talked for a while about how um lands are very difficult to execute not only from a um money side of things and the cost of lands are obviously more expensive than an online event but also some issues potentially around um shout out bands ricochet all other kinds of craziness that that can't happen it is doable though especially if you're working with activision um you don't have to leak anything and i'm not asking that uh from you but is there plans in the future for boom to potentially be on the production side and the hosting side of land tournaments whether warzone or other games um I mean, as far as other games are concerned, I am hosting an Apex LAN next month. Very excited. It'll be my first little LAN that I've done. Um, local shop opened up, and I am just beyond excited, ecstatic for that. Uh, as far as Warzone, other titles are confirmed. Uh, can't really say anything just yet, but uh, mm -hmm. we do hope to you know, keep everybody on their toes as the year moves on. So I wonder then, uh, kind of in that same vein, say um, maybe not lands just yet, but when we've when we've talked about the horizon for things like Warzone Two, Goj and I have spent a lot of time talking about um, what are are the things that we need on a main broadcast side and specifically a caster side to enrich the main broadcast to make it a more enticing place for people to visit uh, when they're not just there to ask why we're not watching someone's POV or complaining that everything is right. <laughs> um, and let's be clear, there's a core of really excellent people who are there, but are there features you would like to see um, become available uh, to kind of make that a, a better main broadcast experience for viewers? 
I honestly can't think of anything off the top of my head that's immediate. Um, one thing I personally love about the both of you and why, you know, you both were part of a big series that we just hosted um, is the energy that you bring. You know, your energy is always top notch, um, even 15, 16 hours into an event. You guys are ready to go. Uh, you've got your coffees lined up, you know, your 17th one for the day. Uh, Katie's got all those snacks and KFC buckets under her desk. <laughs> ew, I ew. Just, it's a Snoop Dogg bucket now. I, oh, it's a Snoop Dogg. Okay, Snoop Dogg bucket. Uh, but no, it's it's honestly it's the energy that casters mm -hmm. bring to a broadcast that makes the broadcast so much better than either having a mediocre caster or no casters at all. Uh, there's a lot of you know different brands out there that do Bravo streams and Charlie streams, and you can tell just going to that cast. You know, there's no casters. There's no real call by call, um, and it's not as exhilarating to watch from a user mm -hmm. endpoint. So having, I think, just honestly, the energy that's you know brought to the cast via the casters is one of the biggest things. I, I've got to step in here. If anybody from Activision's listening, let's be very clear. Um, <laughs> we need a caster mode, a some sort of a spectator mode for private matches so that we can tell an overarching story okay like a map overview maybe people flying you know a, a free oh, cam flying. would be amazing i mean <laughs> there's there's a lot here but yes i agree caster energy is super important for main broadcast to to attract viewers but yes i need I to throw that in there to turn in gassing us, i liked I, it though <laughs> here for it but no i agree i mean we talk about that world where what if on main broadcast uh, as you watch that plane animation fly through you were able to go to a view of the mini map and see where the players are going like where they're dropping on the map all of them at once i think uh things like that and especially you said that caster mode could just really make that broadcast at least elevate it to the next level we simply just don't have those tools yet um but hopefully i i have full faith in the team over there at raven um very excited to see you know what's what's next on the plat next on the platter for them um and hopefully that's one of those features i love that well okay let's let's take some time here i know you're super deep into the apex scene um you and i have had a lot of conversations around apex i've done an apex event actually just, with just you a few. Yes. yeah which is awesome um but Wanted to talk about Boom and your involvement in other titles as well. I know Boom has been making a roll through. They've done some Valorant recently, Apex, and even like um, uh, Path. No, not Path of Exile. Uh, you guys did a, a lot of different game title events. What are some new game titles or old game titles that Boom is starting to do from the event side of things that you're excited about? Uh, so we've been doing a little bit of Lost Ark as well. That was uh, we're doing that through our Proving Grounds program. We've done Sea of Thieves. Uh, we worked very closely with Game Pass to do a Halo event back in December that was totally reinvigorated my my love for Halo. Um, it was just it was a childhood dream, you know, to be able to work, you know, on a Halo event. Uh, but we're we're always keeping our eyes out on the next and the best. What are people playing? What are people enjoying? And granted, most of my following on Twitter, I follow a lot of Warzone and Apex pros what are they talking about that aren't those titles yeah uh, right now overwatch 2 is one of the big ones you know what's the future of overwatch 2 what did they change from overwatch um so just kind of keeping an eye on literally anything um valorant still running super strong we have a proving grounds program running for that um apex is going to be kicking off again here shortly but always looking 
It's great. Well, I, Katie, the, the last question I have is is a fun one for Mazita to kind of just speak his mind because we've asked you a good amount of questions tonight and we really appreciate you popping onto the, the broadcast and giving us a lot of the insight. I know so many players DM me, you, Katie, and people in between production, even probably the, the media team over at Boom, like how do I get invites yep. to tournaments? Um, but what's something that like you wish we would have asked you that you could kind of speak your mind on um, that you wanted kind of share at least on this platform i don't honestly know especially since you just put me under that pressure um <laughs> but one one thing just to kind of you know hit the nail on the head again stand out be different you don't deserve an invite you earn an invite um so if you see these 20 dollars buy-in tournaments that are going on you know whether it's miss know-it-all whether it's uh papa hex whoever's hosting it uh big baller Breddy, he does a lot of them as well if you have the chance to play in a tournament, whether it's for $5 or for 500 or for 5,000, play in it. If it costs you a couple dollars out of pocket, you're going to play a lot better because you don't want to lose that money and come home empty handed. Um, you know, when you have the opportunity to play with scrims, play with players that are, you know, a tier above you, learn from that. Go back and watch your VODs. Why did you die when you ego challenged? Because you ego challenged. You shouldn't have pushed a four stack. Watch VODs almost just right. as much as you play. And Katie, I know that uh, I think it was yourself and Goj that we were talking about this after an event is you just you have to learn from your mistakes. Yes, I, I love so much that you said that because I've time and time again, I have seen people complain about losing in a tournament, but simultaneously at a later time admit that they never do VOD review. And yes those things go directly hand in hand. I, I understand that you're not a pro in the CDL and it's not required of you, but if you want to get better at this, you need to be watching those VODs. Reach out to another player and ask them if there's someone that you really, if you really like how Zsmet plays, reach out to him and be like, hey, would you ever have the free time? Would you mind uh, taking a look at my VOD with me and see what I did wrong? More often than not, depending on who you ask, they're probably going to say yes. And you know, you could probably even form a new duo doing that. You know, you just VOD swap at the end of the week, be like, hey, if you don't mind watching a couple hours of my VOD, I'll watch a couple hours of yours, you know, point out my mistakes, I'll point out yours. Just be honest with each other. You know, it's never going to be a perfect situation. So you have to continue to grow. And to do that, you have to kind of review why you're not. That's great. That's a, those are great words to live by. I saw somebody say that in chat of you, uh, you don't deserve an invite. You're, you're supposed to earn an invite. And uh, there's a lot of ways you can earn an invite. Mazita went through a lot of them today. So again, thanks for joining us. I'm going to put you on the spot one more time. You can say you can't answer this question. That's totally fine. What has been your favorite event that you've done at Boom? Uh, in and general, what was it with us? <laughs> well, oh, I was going to say, in general, <laughs> you can have an in general answer, and then you have to pick one Warzone event that you loved. My favorite event that I've done so far here at Boom was back in November. We partnered with Ben Q Mobius to do a 10K for Apex Legends. Uh, I got to work with Fallout and Girl, which always been a fan of Fallout. Um, he kind of got me into esports a little bit back in like 2016 kind of took me under his wing so thank you fallout appreciate that uh but i got to work with you know all the all the tier one apex teams and it was just an absolute dream come true for me i had been working on the event for just so long just so to see that come to fruition uh huge absolutely huge um favorite event that i've done with you guys was actually our most recent series uh it was a blast we did four events together a lot of long nights i think we probably logged 80 90 yeah. hours in the books together oh yeah yeah um, 100k so that was 
that was that was a lot of fun. Um, it was a blast from start to finish, uh, despite all the long nights, despite me posting a winter suite at 530 in the morning and then, you know, <laughs> going to bed and waking up in a couple hours to do it all over again. Um, so I'd have to say that was my favorite with you, too. No, I mean, I gotta, I can't say it um, enough times, uh, Mazito, working with you is an absolute delight. Um, and I, I say this all the time when it comes to Boom, you guys treat talent so well. I could not, and I don't just mean in terms of of patting me on the head and saying, there, there, Katie, like, we'll get through this, it's okay, even when I'm having a fit and I'm tired, right? I, I mean, in terms of the, the prep that you provide to us, uh, whether it's the documents, the live tracking sheets that we need, the information in the moment from, the, from, from whoever it might be behind the scenes on a player or what's happening, have they been eliminated, where are they on the map, what's going on, you guys have really set a, a kind of a golden standard for what we're at least able to do right now, given what's provided to us from Warzone itself. Um, I, I really can't say thank you enough. You make it a, a ton of fun for us every single time. I think I can speak for Gojin saying that as well, that um, it's always a pleasure. You guys do a really, really top-notch job. Well, I appreciate it. I'm always happy. To, I mean, at the end of the day, you guys are, you know, you're the talent that are relaying all the information. So happy to give you all the info we can and i know that you're not great at math so i want to make sure you have a sheet that helps let's be clear katie five times i'm, I'm gonna gas you both up but i'm gonna take, take you down a little katie <laughs> is bad at math i can do math on stream on broadcast we're putting that into the atmosphere and i said it was 10 so yeah yes we don't we don't ever go to me for math ever well masita no, again it's, it's always fun yeah, thank you so much. Shout yourself out on socials. I know you don't do it for the personal clout, but shout yourself out on socials because that's where people can at you. Don't DM him necessarily. At him with your really cool content piece <laughs> to get invited to tournaments. Of course, you can do that with Boom as well, but shout yourself out on Twitter and all the socials. Uh, so Instagram and Twitter is at MazitaGG, M-A-Z-A, and my Twitch is just Mazita. I stream there every once in a random blue moon, maybe two or three times a month. Um, it's probably adult related humor, I guess I would say, <laughs> but you know, if you ever want to vibe, come through place Mapex. I'm there. Love that. Well, it was an absolute pleasure, pleasure having you on so much pertinent information for all of our competitors at home. And, uh, I'm sure we'll be doing this again in not too long from now. I am here when you're ready. Love okay. it. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Goj, I love it. We just got so much incredible information um, from both Foves and Mazita. So once again, a huge thank you to them uh, for taking the time out of their Wednesday to come on and talk with us. And uh, I, I love what Mazita had to say when it comes to standing out. I, I, you just you can't assume that that base level effort is going to get you anywhere. If if you want to yeah. stand out in the millions of Twitter replies that they get about these events, you know, do what Jay has did. Do something that catches their eye and allows you to start building that rapport with them. Yeah, that was insanely insightful. The back-to-back -back guest goes hard. I'm not gonna lie because we had uh, we had some incredibly intensive uh, information that was was given from Foves, and then Mazita was just a wealth of knowledge as well. And I think what I said, I've said it a couple times, and I want to reiterate it to. Um, 
you just because you play a lot of tournaments just because you feel like you understand the competitive scene better than anyone doesn't mean you understand what admins are doing behind the scenes to make these events possible right uh, the admins like mazita are the reason that we have hundred thousand dollar events that you have the opportunity to win thirty three thousand dollars personally in the span of 10 hours for like that is crazy it is it is so unique to esports and we're so happy to have people like mazita that are working so hard behind the scenes to give each of our players and of course our talent like katie myself and others um the opportunities to make a living doing what we do so um yeah again shout out to, to both of the individuals we had on excited to talk more with both of them later with some q a time that'll probably be in another episode katie we've got a couple more topics we want to jump into yeah. before we close out the podcast today we have a new season everybody knows is that there's been a lot of changes we don't have to go through all of those changes that's not what we do we talk about the comp scene um but there are a couple things that i wanted to mention before we jump into our topics and then of course we have to talk about the cdlr which just happened yes. not too recently there's some fun exciting points around that and then a little bit of some shitters digest with our twitter timeline that we always love jumping into so i say katie let's go ahead and just briefly talk about season three because this is pertinent to at least some of our viewers right now is hey a lot of changes went through. The big thing worth noting um, from at least our side of things from the comp scene, and I'm sure this will be changed and fixed soon, is that private matches were actually uh, shut down for now. They have yes. been put on a pause. You cannot be accessed, at least not for the day or the next two days or three days or four days. Hopefully, they're not, not the next five days, though, Katie, because there yeah. is a massive $50,000 private match rebirth tournament coming up with NYSL that you are actually a part of from the casting side of things. And I can only imagine all of the issues that are uh, in private matches will be fixed by then. I, I would have to assume I would hope and think that there was some level of communication or coordination that happened to this obviously when it comes to the game stability server stability it's a bit rough right now and um guys just understand everyone behind the scenes there's people who deeply deeply love and care about this game and are working tirelessly to fix these issues so uh if you see someone talking about it please don't take your ire out on them there that's that's not who you should be directing that toward but anyway um yeah, so they've taken out a uh, private message for the time being, but we have the NYSL um, kind of third event they've done this tournament coming up. And I would like to think this is kind of um, priority level maintenance. It, it would seem a bit disjointed if they would take these down so close to a tournament and not plan to have it up uh, in time for that tournament again. So we'll have to get that speculation. I don't know. Um, we, we can't assume that people directly working on servers have been in contact with an esports org about a tournament. Sometimes that's not how that works. Um, but I'd like to think it's going to be up and running, at least in that regard, whether it's uh, things like fixing the server stability, um, kind of a lot of those bugs and glitches that are happening with zipline stuff like that should definitely be a priority to smooth out yeah there were a lot of issues in private matches i'm i'm hoping too with the server fixes and the zipline fixes that there will be some more things that were in public matches that just got added that will be transitioned over to customs sometimes we see a fairly decently long lag in time span of those uh, changes being implemented into customs i'm hoping it's fairly quick one of the notable i would say there's two very notable changes that are coming with this season that are currently in the game are the sniper changes katie and then the lootable perks and so very brief 
briefly, let's talk about how those will affect the comp scene. I think number one, sniper changes are massive, right? We, we mentioned it before we went live. Um, a lot of our sniper rifles no longer headshot one shot at a certain range distance. So they have a max range that they still one shot um, if you hit a headshot. And those ranges are fairly minimal. Now, in the patch notes, it does say about like 1300 is the distance. 1300 is actually measured in inches and so when you convert that to meters which is an insane and weird conversion i don't know why they do that but when you convert it to meters which is actually what the ping system gives us that's about 33 meters that they still headshot now if you put the red attachments on it you increase the damage range you could probably get that up to about 48 to 50 meters that uh car 98 for instance a modern warfare car 98 still headshots anything past 50 51 meters it is a not a one-shot headshot this is a massive point not only for the potential unban of sniper and private matches but also the big point in 2v2s that is causing so much duress which is the guy sitting on top of peak with a modern warfare car 98 getting lasered down by a brand and he can shoot through those shots and still headshot you and it's extremely frustrating so it's a huge change that'll change the way the game is played no i love it and at a base level it simply makes sense a marksman rifle should not be uh both more flexible and more powerful in terms of bullet punch than something like an actual sniper, like an AX-50, for example. I shouldn't be able, and I know maybe Breadman's gonna shed a tear, uh, but when you have something like a car 98K, it's just not going to be feasible in any competitive format to allow something like that, where you can be quick scoping. The ADS is so instantaneous. It's really easy to punish people with that gun when it simply shouldn't be that strong. So uh, I think potential here to shift into a meta where maybe in private matches, things like snipers are allowed one per team. I know sometimes that's still a thing, uh, but allowed one per team and people with those nerfs might switch over to using more of those heavy duty sniper rifles. I think that can potentially open up the meta a little bit more as well, give some more viability to options that previously just weren't useful to these players so i personally like it and that's actually something that's been implemented extremely quickly uh from the discussion baka bros had with a developer from raven software and he said to look forward to changes for things like that and boom right into season three we see that so i, I think that's a huge pain point for people that's going to be eased with this update yeah, the next big piece is the lootable perks. Uh, don't want to spend a ton of time on this, Katie, but I'd love to hear just your general take, at least from what we've seen right now, which is the last like hour that it's been out. What do you think this will do for the comp scene? Do you think these are things that will be banned? Do you think these are things that will be able to be left in the game? I mean, they are less good, if you will, specialists. It's just a single perk that can stack on top of your loadout perks, but this does kind of air into this gray area that pros sometimes like to try to ban, which is... Mm -hmm. RNG helps you in a fairly decent or sizable manner, aka finding a high alert perk in a box. Yeah, so there's eight perks that you can find as ground loot in supply boxes through Caldera and Rebirth. Just to rattle those off really quick, that's going to be Battle Hardened, Engineer, High Alert, Quick Fix, Restock, Scavenger, Tempered, and Point Man, which is a Plunder exclusive one, so probably not really relevant to our discussion. Um, things like this, I, I would not be surprised if... Um, if this gets transitioned into customs in any capacity, it is banned. Uh, I, I think I, I would not be surprised if it's one of many things. If you see it in a, a box that you open up, you cannot pick it up. Um, when it comes to 2v2s, 
All I know is that at some point we are going to have a discussion on bot lobby where in the final endings of a grand final 2v2 kill race, someone opens a box and happens to get something like a high alert and it helps them win the game and there's going to be rage involved in that. Sure. And I personally am here for it, but it does it does add just another one of those RNG elements to things like kill races where maybe you get lucky and you find it and good for you. Maybe you don't. And I, that's just tough luck. And I imagine that that's just a, one in a long list of things that it's going to be a frustration for players. Yeah, it, it's such an interesting concept. I love the idea for pubs lobbies, um, just general play, uh, because it does incentivize looting, which is something that we've seen huh fall to the wayside unless you're looking for money it incentivizes hey we need open boxes even if we have loadouts because we have an opportunity to stack perks which will help us do better like i i do like that idea it kind of sticks within this battle royale uh type game mode rather than just like grab your loadout game mode um which is arguably a different type of game than just a traditional battle royale uh, but all of that to say you're I, I think you're right i think a lot of pro players in particular will say how do we mitigate a lot of the rng one of the ways to mitigate rng is to take out the ability to use those perks in customs in particular i think to be too is there's no way anybody would actually ban them although people will probably rage yeah really? people will probably rage on the timeline so good things to note definitely some big updates there's a lot of nerfs and stuff we're not going to go through all the patch notes it's not what we do there's a thousand other youtubers that go through them go check out tim the tatman jay god modern warzone whoever you want to, to go get more information on the patch notes we want to talk about uh the things that will specifically uh, affect comp and, and the big thing is when will private matches come back because we've got tournaments coming but Hopefully before the New York Subliners event. Yeah, hopefully. And speaking of Rebirth, speaking of tournaments, speaking of comp scene and private matches, let's talk about the CDLR very briefly. Let's walk through results and honestly general impressions because you and I had a fairly extensive emergency episode where we had mm -hmm. a, a rational on to talk about the different teams that were announced, who he thought would do well in Group A, who he thought would do well in Group B, and who mm -hmm. he thought would do very well in the event and well of course he cast himself up and guess what happened katie the lag team huskers unrational scumman and apathy did win the entirety of the event taking home the lion's share of the 100k which is extremely exciting for that uh quad yeah and it was actually i think the first um big first place win apathy has had uh so congratulations to him on that um but I, when we talk about right uh i wrote an article for this going into it for call of duty league that was talking about the five teams we expected to get out of each semi group there was 10 teams in each group 20 total only five could make it from each group into that final which was 10 teams and uh, i actually had discussions with you about this and we kind of settled on those on those teams and i think we got four out of five on on each group yep. uh, unfortunately uh dad bods did fall shy in semi a was not able to qualify and then i think it was a rocker which was kind of our question mark team uh, it was a to, <laughs> to be clear very team they did not qualify either let's be very clear when you and i were discussing the teams we thought we would qualify picking five in group a was difficult and the fifth was still kind of a question mark but we really believed in dad bods and then in group b we got four and we got the four correct that did qual. The fifth, we were like, literally could be anybody. Let's just yeah. pick somebody. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to say Blast and Preset are going to do really well in this tournament. I'm going to give them a bit of a doubt. Well, they did. They got absolutely dumpstered on and were dead last by quite a sizable margin. So yeah. my bet on that one. But other than that, four to five at both groups, pretty impressive. The big surprise, though, was maybe not necessarily who won because you would expect them to do very well. But it was who 
didn't do well in the finale. Yeah, barely qualifying, getting, I believe, fourth or fifth in Group A was LA Thieves, which is TBE, plus one, which was rated. And then in the finale, I believe they got, like, seventh or something like that. And, uh, yeah, a little bit of a—not even a little bit of a disappointment. Like, it's very clear we can say, you know, this is a disappointment as a team. They have earned— $250,000 as a trio in Caldera. They won a 10K tournament against a lot of the same teams in Rebirth. Like, they were expected to win or do top three, and they were seventh? I expected at, at bare minimum for them to make it into the money. Uh, I said that they were the team that is going to win it all, should win it all realistically, sure. considering the pedigree of the players there. Um, but just to rattle them off, it was Gorillaz who came in first, Tiberius, Khan came in second, Subliners, FaZe, Paris, Team Diverge, Seattle Surge, and then Thieves, and then Haha and Goats. So you look at that and you say, how does a team with Tommy, Almond, Noobs, and Rated take eighth place yep. overall in this and this is the third time as a trio uh, that tbe have not won in the last few tournaments they've all played in together they've taken two second places and then this eighth place uh i don't think there's really anything in particular to look into that i, I think they're still that best by far that best trio in the game but there's nothing else you can say here that's not simply that's a disappointing finish, and I cannot attribute that all to just RNG and, and bad landings and things not going their way. I, I mean, there, maybe, maybe if you got fourth or fifth and you were just outside the money, but uh, I was very shocked to, to see that outcome for them. Yeah, I mean, I, let's briefly talk about this because Tiberius Khan was a surprise, a huge surprise for, to be very clear, a huge surprise for uh, the people on main broadcast that were casting the event and maybe some people that don't actually understand or know the tournament seed. But for you and I, it was Tiberius Khan qualified, yes. But I mean, what are we talking about? Picnic, Nick Cole? Like, this team is twisted, plays Rebirth a ton. And to be very clear, Nick Cole even was the one on Twitter that was saying, oh, I love that nothing is banned. This is how all tournaments should be because he was slapping people around with a shotgun. Like, you know, they were going to do well and they certainly did. Had a chance to win the event, ended up getting second. Huge congratulations uh, to that team. Uh, I was very... I will be very curious to see how the reaction slash the changes that will come into with, with the rule set going forward. Because yeah. we talked about how this was a tester event for EU, a tester event for future tournaments like this. I can only imagine with the feedback that they were given, whether it was from me or whether it was from other people in the community, um, that I think the rules will be tweaked going into the next one. Yeah, and here's the thing, right? Keep in mind, from the very beginning, they were clear, CDLR, it, this is a test run of this. This is a trial run. That's why it was NA-specific. And um, I, I think there's so much to be learned, both positive things to build upon and things that maybe need to be altered um, as takeaways from this. So I do very much so hope that they continue to lead into, lean into rather CDLR and expand upon it, uh, because it seems like there's a very, very solid idea idea there that can be turned into something amazing um right. so and we know we know that they're uh very interested in kind of building on that as well so um i think them kind of being receptive to that feedback which uh i i know or at least i've heard that they are uh all point to signs that they want to continue um turning this into something that's even better than it is yeah and i want to be very clear about this because this isn't like 
two behind the scenes like it, it is apparent activision uh reps and people working behind the scenes on cdlr are reaching out to to certain peoples in the community to say hey what can we do better how can we improve on this product we want to keep doing these types of product whether it's a, a competitive product or a content focused product is up to them but regardless we will see more it has been confirmed we will see more at least from what we understand and they're always looking to improve so any critical feedback is always great uh as long as it's phrased in a way that is helpful not hurtful just because yeah. you didn't like one thing you doesn't mean you go scream about the scream about it on the timeline instead how do we write up a fairly intensive uh paragraph on hey this is why this would do better right mm -hmm. like uh, that that's kind of the idea so anyways excited about hearing they're looking for more feedback excited to see what they do with this product into the future uh mm -hmm. overall results katie were fairly about what we thought would happen besides of course that la thieves surprise um and I wouldn't even say a rocker not qualifying surprise. That's not even a surprise, so. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, I mean, that that one was just hard because there was a couple of shoe-ins and the rest of them were like, we're just gonna throw a dart and see, see how this goes. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to see where they go through from here. But I, I think, uh, Gojo, I'm not sure if there's anything else that you want to say in regards to CDLR or if we should, uh, if we should talk a little bit about some of our Shitter's Digest tea that we've been... Uh, We've been brewing. Yeah, no, let's, let's jump into it. We're, we'll have more opportunities to talk about tournament seeding and what things can change. I mean, we've talked about that a ton already on this podcast today. So let's jump into a little bit of some Shitter's Digest because this is always fun conversations to end off the podcast. Chat, if you guys don't, didn't know, this is the section of the podcast. We are creating a separate section called the Shitter's Digest where we pull up random Twitter drama and bring it to the light and talk about it in an informal or a formal manner uh, without like, you know you know showing putting shade on people right we're, we're gonna bring up what's been happening and, and talk about it because it's always interesting sometimes it's funny and sometimes it's pretty intense so in the shitters digest section today katie what do we have on the table there's been a breakup of a beautiful couple <laughs> it's cute they've been together music. for so long they love tweeted each other mm-hmm they win tournaments with each other sure. but who knows maybe maybe Just no one. longer uh yeah scummin dumped gary uh gary is unrational if you're unfamiliar uh, at least for one tournament trial run with noobs who recently dumped huskers um so maybe a, a new romance blossoming for them but this is this is a big thing right scummin and unrational have duoed forever and uh, initially Scum and loves to bait tweet. He's the king of bait tweets. He's the king of tweeting and deleting. He has he and has 17 birthdays a month, right? Like... 17 birthdays. <laughs> um, his age ranges from 18 to like 35. Who knows? Sure. And um, so when Noobs first announced that Huskers and him were no longer going to be doing and they were both looking for different options, um, Scummin tweeted multiple bait tweets uh, at Noobs, basically teasing around like, hey, I guess we're going to have to give this a try. Like, wow. And uh, we didn't put a lot of stock into it at first because that's what Scummin does. He baits a lot. Um, but it was an interesting question that arose was Scummin and Noobs, how strong of a duo could they be? Could they consistently challenge maybe someone like Tommy and Almond? And apparently those were not as baity as we thought they were. They had actual substance to them. So uh, Scummin and Noobs are going to be doing a trial run duo in Mina Mendez's 10K. Um, and apparently, apparently. Allegedly. Scummin, allegedly. Scummin had 
said he was going to do this with Unrational, um, but that is no longer the case here. Uh, but this is a trial run. Uh, I think Unrational was caught off guard by this, um, not too thrilled about it. Uh, there were some sad tweets expressed early on, um, but then they've also had, of course, some lovey-dovey tweets. But then again, also scumming and noobs have been tweeting out duo photos, deleting those, tweeting them again. So uh, a lot of shenanigans on the timeline, but um, scumming and noobs, if they do well in this, there's a very real possibility even if even if they don't do well Goge, that unrational is going to be looking for his new duo yeah i know i know it's kind of crazy because not only did they just win the rebirth tournament together of course with huskers and apathy but they've won tons of tournaments in the past I mean, if you pull up warzone earnings even on caldera you can see the events they've won together they've won several and then in verdansk even like this duo has been playing together forever and really has been coming into their own scumming in particular of course in caldera and so when you start separating people out and you saw the that we talked about the noobs and huskers separation that was very mutual this one was not as mutual at least from what we understand like it was scumming saying i'm going to try something else where on rational gary was or gavin or whatever you want to call him larry there's he has a thousand different names it, it was like no i want to keep doing this duo and someone was like i'm gonna try this with noobs and gary was like what um essentially was the way we understood the situation going down and so the big question marks are will noobs and scum and gel and do well i can only conjecture they will do well they're, they're both incredibly talented individuals sure. noobs can kind of play the the less talkative slower paced role scum and can maybe play a bit more aggressive um than maybe mm -hmm. he was able to do with gary i don't know and then from the other side the other question becomes uh katie where does where does unrational go who does he start doing with because we've had some splits but does he go grab Huskers? Does I, I mean, oh. there's there's a lot of question marks around where where Gavin goes next. Yeah, and here's the thing, guys. There's no absolute confirmation that this duo is done and dusted, sure. uh, right? There, there. Scumman said he wants to do a, a trial run with noobs. Uh, I'm reading between the lines with that, um, but again, that's me reading between the lines that's not something that's been absolutely confirmed um but when you look at unrational if they do decide to stick together and he's looking for a second no i don't think that you pick up huskers i do not think that that is a, a winning combination uh of the two of them uh but then you say well what are his other options and the question is you have what's going on with people like z smith z smith plays a lot with aiden but he's not always guaranteed to be duoing it with aiden yeah. is there an option there for an unrational and z smith to see how they play together uh there's people like rated who are getting back into tournaments and who have had wild success in verdansk and come back into tournaments and already seen success in caldera um is rated an option there's a lot of players that have potential there uh but for unrational um if if Scummin and noobs do end up becoming a duo i don't see that as anything except unfortunately an l for unrational yeah okay so here's the question if it's not one of the big names what are some maybe smaller names that Gary would take a chance on? I don't know how close he is with some of the up-and-comers, but if he can find somebody that's an up-and-comer and just kind of come out of nowhere and start swinging it around if it works, I mean, I personally think Gary needs to link up with somebody that is a, a, a demon slayer, like goes out... <laughs> full sins and gary can kind of play the more reserved option i'm talking about 2v2s in particular trios oftentimes will get shifted up and change in customs and that's a whole other conversation and really 2v2s are at the the primary 
Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say, you know, at least in those in those trios, Goj, it's gonna still be, I think, Huskers scumming and Rushal because Noobs is going to be with TBE. Yeah, and, and that's probably true. It's, yeah, exactly. Because Noobs will be with TBE. Um, now if they have a lot of beef that could potentially change, but for two v twos in particular, which is really the primary tournament form besides rebirth tournaments, I see mm -hmm. Unrational trying to pick up. Could go. You know, but if it's not Z Smith, could go Stu Kawaki. I don't know if Stu plays as no holds bars a, a, as Unrational needs in a 2v2. Um, could go somebody like uh, Imsage. Could go somebody like Oki. Could go somebody like potentially, well, I'll, I'll stay away from that. Maybe Hosoka. I think Hosoka will continue to play Hosoka. with. Yeah, but Hosoka will continue playing with Jukies. They're playing together right now on a lot of wagers, traveling around, playing together for the Red Bull Tour. Uh, that duo makes a lot of sense, especially if FIFA starts airing other directions in 2v2s, which it seems to be mm -hmm. the case still. Uh, there's a lot of question marks around the scene. All I know is there are a couple up-and-coming young demons that if Gary is willing, it's not even a swallow the pride thing, more so recognizing of that talent and willing to make a leap on a couple tournaments, even if it's like a 10K or two, just see if the chemistry makes sense. I don't know. That's yeah. where my brain goes. Yeah, no, I know. I think that's um, I think that's smart. It's just, it's tough to see him. And again, this isn't confirmed. We don't know this for sure. Um, but based on how these things usually go, we can assume Scumman might be serious about moving over to noobs, but, uh, it's just, it's tough for Unrational because it puts him in an unexpectedly very tricky position. Uh, he sits at ninth in the earnings. Uh, Scumman is sitting at sixth. Of course, noobs is in third alongside Almond and Tommy who are in first and second respectively. But, um, I, there's a lot of people I'd like to see him play with. I think, um, I'd be really curious about Hisoka. I think that could be super interesting if they chose to try. Um, but that's the thing too. It's like, who are you going to get who's willing to not play with their duo? How, if they are willing to do a trial run with you, how many trial runs do you do? Because right. you can't just rely on one tournament in Warzone. That's not how that works. Um, maybe a, a double-sided bracket might be more viable if you're only going to do one tourney because at least you get those best of fives. It, it's just really hard because I, I hate when duos... Uh, decide to call it quits after like one or two tournaments because that's just not enough time to determine how viable you are riddle be this okay mm -hmm. what what if what if we saw mayapo hop over with unrational that is very interesting he is just right behind uh unrational 11th in those earnings um i would i i actually don't hate that at all but it's something that i think on paper works but how is it going to work in in practice because again whatever duo unrational is with do we think that duo combined is going to be um stronger than a noob scumman or an almond tommy to be able to take those wins right and, and you gotta have the correct play style like for instance like you mentioned i don't think although let's be very clear huskers can absolutely destroy lobbies i don't think huskers on rational works into 2v2 at least not as well as somebody like a scumman and noobs because their play styles don't complement each other insanely well i wonder if mayapo could play the aggressor role and go full send on some of those maps um i don't know i i, I have to do some conjecturing i don't mind the z smith play if aiden's not competing in a tournament but mayapo mm -hmm. has been although he's had a number of like 2v2 partners that work really well he also has been like that perfect floater third that people mm -hmm. filter in for a sub or people filter in on as a third for customs i mean 
if he and Gary start to grind together, I, I can see it working. I, I don't think it'll be a... The comms are never going to be aggressive, but that doesn't matter. I don't know. No, no it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, it just makes me sad. I'm just... That's one of our kind of tried and true staple duos. They've been together for forever, but who knows? Uh, New Horizons. It's also... It's super understandable because at the end of the day, you're all competing in tournaments and you're here to win. And uh, while it might be... Uh, cutthroat and not uh not follow along with our lines of what we think is is nice and polite they're not here to be nice and polite they're here to win so <laughs> sure if noobs puts it out there that he is a solo looking for his new duo that is one of the hottest commodities on the market and you don't know how long he's going to be there so it would be remiss of someone like scum to not at least try it out yeah yeah, there's a lot of names that could potentially filter into that. I'll be curious to see. And who knows, maybe uh, Scumman will uh, kiss and make up with Unrational later and they'll get back together and keep grinding tourneys. But regardless, always fun to conjecture about different teammates. Uh, Katie, we've hit all of our topics for today. I had a blast talking with both of our guests. I'm excited to do more double guest episodes and single guest episodes into the future. Um, is there anything else we're missing? Anything else you want to finish with before we kind of sign off? Uh, no, I'm just going to be the annoying one who, once again, I am a once again asking you all to subscribe <laughs> to our YouTube. Uh, guys, you can hit exclamation point podcast in chat. But seriously, uh, we've, for how small and how completely brand new the YouTube is, we've actually been getting um, a, a great amount of views on the VODs we're posting. Um, so if you want to leave comments there, if you care to subscribe, it really, really helps us with this. Uh, we've got a lot more content outside of just specifically the podcast in the works. So so any support you show us really means the world. But other than that, um, no, I, I think this has been great. Uh, thank you so much to Foves again and Mazita for taking the time to come on. I think there was a lot of really rich discussion to be had there. Yeah, thank you to everyone, all of our guests. We have a very exciting episode next week that you're not going to want to miss. It's going to be unique. It's going to be crazy. It might be a bit chaotic, but I think you'll enjoy it. I'm not going to give any leaks besides I think this will be really good for the tournament scene. You might see some names that you recognize. Multiple names, maybe many names that you recognize. So stay tuned for next ep next episode. Uh, this has been the Bot Lobby Podcast. I'm Goj. This is Katie. Uh, you can find me on all major socials under the name Grand Max. Master Goge. Our live content is live every Wednesday. So far, still around 2 p.m. Central Time, live for about an hour and a half at twitch.tv slash Grandmaster Goge. You can find me on Twitter. I'm always casting events with my tried and true duo, Katie, who's across the scene from me. Katie, shout out your socials and let's get out of here. Uh, World's Bedford on Twitter. You can see him wonderfully laid out below us. Uh, and Katie Bedford on Twitch. Appreciate the follows, guys. Appreciate the support. And yeah, I really think next week um, should be extremely interesting. So please keep your eyes peeled for that. I don't think you guys will be expecting it, but just know that it is sorely needed sorely needed indeed well that's it for episode four thank you so much for tuning in we'll see you guys in the next one peace <laughs>